This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigobar, and joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, also joining us this morning, former Toronto Maple Leaf Buffalo Sabre, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti. Lou, good morning. How are you? How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How's everybody out there? Everybody's great. Thank you. Uh, just to let our listeners know this morning, uh, we'll be chatting with the Raptors analyst, Leo Routens. Uh, Raptors are on a little bit of a little bit of a run. Uh, early season fortunes, perhaps not so great, but uh, playing a bit better lately and uh, we're also going to take the opportunity to talk a little bit about Canada basketball a uh, big victory for the Canadian national team this week helped them qualify for a Viva America Cup in 2022 and I think we have Olympics this year if I'm not mistaken nobody's talking about it I think they're still on maybe we've got to give Dick Pound a call at some point in time uh, again uh, so we'll get we'll chat with Leo about that uh, later on in the hour the uh, co-host, the first up on TSN, Carlo Koliakovo, is going to join us. I'm sure we'll be talking some hockey and some other things. And, uh, at the end of the chat with uh, Carlo, we're going to be getting John Amendola back on the show. Johnny is with uh, Mint Inc. He's taking advantage of this great sports card boom. He actually does a, a weekly event with Carlo on, uh, on the Internet. It's called Breaks After Dark. So we'll chat with Johnny and Carlo at the same time about uh, all things sports card in this great, uh, great uh, show that's on on Tuesday nights on social media. Gentlemen, the Leafs are 14-3-2. They beat the hated Habs last night. That's always uh, a great way to start off a Sunday morning. It's, uh, it's never great to start off a Sunday morning with the Leafs losing on Saturday night, but being Montreal in Montreal, that certainly uh, uh, puts a smile on nations, uh, a grin on all of our faces this morning. Naz, uh, give us uh, give us your assessment of the Leafs' performance last night. They're pulling away from the, from the division. They're going to they're up by ten points right now, and they're going to be pulling away from the division and finishing first. And I see Toronto and Edmonton. I don't see Montreal as, uh, as good as they, people think they are. Lou, uh, your assessment. Uh, first of all, talk, chat about last night's game, and then uh, get, we'll, 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 get, uh, we'll get you to bring us up on your overall assessment of the Leafs so far. Uh, you know what, Wally? It, uh, I've never seen them play this good uh, this earlier in, in the season. Uh, but I wanted to just make a little side note here. I think the ladies and gentlemen out there right now are seeing probably the three best hockey players in the world with McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, these three players are just phenomenal. Uh, they can take over a game anytime they really want, but let's get back to the Leafs now. Yeah, they're, they're, you know what? 
they're taking advantage uh, of other teams' mistakes. Um, Montreal is locking the true sniper. They're going to keep games close. But if they don't get any scoring uh, up front, uh, they're going to have a tough time down the stretch because uh, the other teams all have that natural goal score that can open up the game anytime they really want to. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, you, you look at the Leafs at 14-3-2, and, and, you know, I, I guess the Leafs Nation were ecstatic about it. Uh, certainly better than being 3-14-2, so let's give credit where credit is due. Um, there are some disconcerting parts of their game at times, um, you know, giving up a 5-1 to one lead against Ottawa the other night, uh, the worst, not I wouldn't say the worst team in the league. They've got some great young players on that team, but, you know, let's to be fair to Ottawa, they're not in the upper echelon of NHL teams right now. And in fact, they're right now they're at the bottom of the Northern Division. So, you know, you give up a 5-1 to one lead in a home game, and the way they did it, um, you know, I, I'm seeing some things I find troubling. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to rain on the parade. Um, what's carried the leaf so far is obviously Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. These guys are playing uh, all world right now, uh, perhaps better than any combination I've ever seen in NHL. Not NHL history. Sorry, Toronto Maple Leafs history. Um, you know, maybe Sittler and Lanny McDonald. Um, you know, where you, you got to go back a while, or, or, or did Andrew Chuck play with Gilmore? I, I can't even remember, but they're they're all world right now. They are they're playing at a game at an incredible level. Um, Naz, can they keep it up? Sure, they can. And uh, Joe Thornton fits in on that line pretty good for an old guy, right? He's impressed me. He's really impressed me. He handles the whole situation pretty good. And. Uh, yeah, I, I give. I give yeah. yeah, sorry, Naz. I apologize. Finish your thought. Marner uh, is leading the league in plus minus with a plus seventeen, and he's second in the league in scoring. He's having a great year, also. But Matthews has got a lethal shot. They're going to yeah, be Matthew, difficult to stop. Matthews is incredible uh, so far this year. Marner's incredible. Um, you know, Tavares and Nylander, uh subject to a little bit of criticism. Not so much Johnny Tavares, but Nylander's, uh I don't know if you guys noticed. I, I really didn't notice. I was watching, you know, I, I did watch the game last night. Uh, didn't realize he wasn't playing in the last eight and a half minutes of the game. Uh, read the reports this morning. Apparently he saw, he saw some slivers for the, if they, I don't even think they make benches out of wood anymore, but uh, maybe some rust. Uh, but he didn't see the ice in the last eight, from what, from reports that I read this morning, didn't see the ice in the last ha- eight and a half minutes of the game. Uh, got himself into a little uh, controversy with uh, Steve Simmons this week, or Steve Simmons dragged him into a little controversy. Maybe we'll talk to Car- Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, Lou, uh, your impressions, obviously, uh, first off on, on Matthews and Marner, who are playing all world, uh, really. And then uh, Tavares and Nylander that don't seem to have fired it up this season. Uh, I wouldn't say they're playing I, I, I would just put they're not playing to their potential. I don't want to be critical. Uh, I think there's a lot more to come from Johnny and William Leanlinder, but we haven't seen it yet as far as I'm concerned. Lou? You're, you're, you're right. And, uh, you know what? Neenlander is Neenlander. When he first signed his contract, even the first couple of years here, he was up and down like a uh, like a teeter-totter too. His, his, 
inconsistency seems to have been coming uh, seems to be coming back right now. Um, Tavares, you know what? I guess he's a KG veteran. You're never going to know uh, if he's going to have a bad year or not. He just comes to show every game. Sometimes it doesn't really show on the scoreboard. I know he's getting frustrated right now, uh, and he's pretty well lucky that uh, Marner and uh, and Matthews are are carrying the load right now. But uh, again, back to Nylander, uh, you know, there was a lot of skeptical uh, skepticism uh, when he signed the big deal with uh, a few years ago. He came back and had a pretty good uh, year. Now he's back to his old self. Uh, and maybe Sheldon Keith is just trying to send him a message. Uh, listen, we want a little bit more consistency from you. We need a little bit more help on the offensive side. Uh, Matthews and, and Marner, they're just, uh, they're amazing. It's, it's really, in this era with uh, really, I'd like to say, it, no body checking, they can do things that, uh, that are just phenomenal. Uh, their, their ability to, to skate at 100 miles an hour and stick handle at the same time, which I was never able to do. <laughs> uh, it, it was, it, it's just, it's just great. And it's, it's great for the fans. It's great for the city. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we can get a little bit of help from the other guys, uh, because I'm not sure if these guys can, as the season goes on, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, to carry this load. Yeah, going back to uh, Tavares, uh, he's um, he, he doesn't seem. He's, yeah, I, I agree with you, Lou. He seems frustrated. Uh, really awful, awful goal, um, which you know uh, I would say he's probably directly responsible for. It's just before the second period, a short-handed goal, and he and he gave that little pass in his own zone that the Ottawa guy intercepted. Um, you know, just he seems frustrated. Uh, I noticed Sheldon Keefe uh, the other night uh, put, correct me if I'm wrong, Naz took, uh, switched up a Marner and Nylander for a period and put Marner back with uh, Tavares to try and shake him up. I, I think Johnny T, more than anything else, Mitch misses having, uh, having Mitch Marner on his line, Naz. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the last 10 minutes to put him out there. I want to ask Louie a question. Did, he, did your team ever give up a four-goal lead? What's that? Uh, yeah, uh, Naz was asking if any of the teams you played on ever gave up a four-goal lead. In the, uh, you know what, my memory's not that good, so I can't say it is. We we probably did, but we've also come back from 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 a four-goal lead. Uh, again, you're going to have these blips uh, uh, once or twice in a year, and if you keep them to a minimum, it's going to be okay because it's it's just natural. Uh, the biggest blimp that I remember was probably the L.A. Uh, Edmonton game, and yeah. I can't remember the '84 final, uh, early uh, playoffs. They could made they it made a four big going to the third about, and then yeah. ended up losing with their 11 scoring in overtime. It happens. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get overly, uh, you know, it's, it's like these things happen in a long season. You know, you're not, you're not gonna be on your game in, in a, in. We've got 56 games packed in, a, I think 56 in a short period of time. You know what? It's, it's, it's not gonna happen every night. So, I'm not gonna get overly critical. You got to look at the overall body of work. We're 14, three and two. Uh, that's not too shabby. So over, and we've got uh, Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner playing at uh, at all world levels. Uh, certainly, uh, we, we're seeing the framework of a team that we hope is going to make a run in the playoffs. And uh, I guess we're just trying to focus on the, 
you know, and bring to light some of the areas where they're going to have to improve uh, if they are going to take us to the promised land. Anyways, we'll get a chance to talk to Carlo Koliakov a little bit more about uh, about his impressions of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, we're going to go to break, and we're going to talk a little bit of basketball with Raptors analyst Leo Routens. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Rayul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Raptors analyst, Canadian basketball legend, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. I'm great. Hope uh, hope you both are doing well. We're doing great. Uh, just so that you know, we've got uh, Leap and Lou Franceschetti on with us this morning. So uh, you may hear a third voice here, Leo. Uh, Want to get right into it. Raptors uh, can't say they got off to a great start this season. Uh, you know, obviously some adjustments, having not you know, not being physically at home in, in, in Toronto, having to play out of southern, uh, southern Florida, I'm sure has its challenges. Uh, but they seem to be on a little bit of, I wouldn't call it a roll, but uh, I've turned it around a little bit. Uh, good game against the Bucks. good game against the Wolves. They're playing 500 basketball, uh, and they're in, currently in a playoff spot. Uh, Leo, what do you see the improvements in the Raptors game over the course of the last few weeks? Well, it's really just a question of uh, players getting back to who they were. Uh, for whatever reason, 
from the time this pandemic started through the bubble, uh, through the first 10, 10 games or so of the season, uh, a lot of players just weren't themselves. And, uh, you know, hard to explain, but I think, uh, in light of what's happening, you know, uh, you know, with the pandemic and the struggles people are having mentally, physically, and in many other ways, um, athletes are no different. And I think, uh, some of the, some of the guys have really struggled. And as you mentioned, you know, you're, you kind of uproot, uh, everything to, to play in Tampa. And while most teams are just settling into training camp, the Raptors are physically moving everybody and trying to figure out who's going to do what, what families will be coming, how it's going to be going on. So I'd say it was a very uh, disruptive start to the season. So now you just got guys settling in. Uh, Nick Nurse has done a great job. Uh, guys are just figuring out who they are, how they have to play, what, you know, the intensity they have to play with. And, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing real positive strides, uh, you know, every time they step on the court. So, uh, you know, I, I think this team, uh, is, is an elite defensive team when they want to be, when they, when they come out focused and locked in. And offensively, they have a lot of weapons. And as players, uh, are healthy and get more comfortable, uh, I think things will just get better for this team. Yes. Leo, as the season goes on, it looks like this is becoming Freddie Van Fleet's team. What are your comments? Well, I mean, to a to a large degree, it has been Freddie's team, right? So I, I think the Raptors are 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 fortunate in that they have two All Star guards. Uh, you know, Kyle's been an All Star. Freddie hasn't been one, but Freddie, in my opinion, has played like one. And, you know, and again, in the absence of Kyle Lowry over the last two seasons, the Raptors are 16 and two with Freddie, Freddie leading the way. So, uh, you know, this, the, this team is comfortable with Fred running the show. Uh, they, when Kyle is there, uh, oftentimes Fred is still the one, uh, that's running the show and Kyle's playing off the ball. Uh, but they have a great synergy together and Fred has the respect that when Kyle's not there, uh, people follow him, uh, they listen to him, and he's a great leader. So uh, I, I think the Raptors have kind of been transitioning to this point over over the past few seasons. So, uh, you know, I don't think anybody should be surprised by what we see. Lou? Um, a lot of rumblings. Uh, if if the Raptors are out of the playoffs, that they, uh, they'll possibly trade uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, what do you hear? Uh, I know they're, they're making a run for it right now. And, uh, are they going to have enough room, uh, at the end of the year to, uh, keep Norman Powell, uh, on this roster with the seasons that he's having? Well, you know, first of all, I, I don't, I don't buy into any of the rumors. I, like I said, if you, you, you haven't heard one thing from the Raptors, uh, because they don't share anything. So whatever anybody's hearing is coming from outside sources. And from my experience in the business, uh, when you hear rumors, uh, 90, 98% of them are garbage and they're floated by agents and other teams, uh, to generate interest to get what they want, not what, not what you want. So, uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to it. Um, I never had any doubt, even when a C team started out two and eight, that they were going to be a playoff team. Uh, they just had to fix things, uh, and this team is a playoff team. 
And kind of to my point that I made early uh, in the show that you look at records around the league as poorly as the Raptors started, they're right in the mix. I mean, they're, they're what, four and a half games out of first place or something like that. So, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, because there is no home court, because of all these things, uh, it's a different league right now. We've never seen a season like this. So the Raptors are in the thick of it, and they're going to be in the thick of it as they continue to get better. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry is an interesting situation because Kyle is playing great basketball. Uh, and Kyle is going to warrant, or uh, in my opinion, demand, uh, and rightfully so, uh, to be paid in accordance to what he does on the floor. And I don't know if the Raptors are going to be in a position to pay him that. They'd love to, I, 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 without a doubt, they'd love to keep him and kind of have a legacy contract. But uh, if, if it's unaffordable, then you can't do it. So I think if the Raptors get an idea that that could be the situation, uh, could they move Kyle? Sure. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I will say uh, is that, you know, nothing happens with this team without a clear uh, vision of how everything impacts the future. Uh, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have never compromised the, the long-term uh, vision that they have for the franchise that they may not share with everybody, but they have it and they know it. So uh, I'm always confident that whatever they do, whether it's Kyle, Norm, or anybody else, uh, they they do it with the with the best interest of the franchise and the and always with a big picture viewpoint. We're talking to Leo Routens. Leo, uh, want to change uh, change topics just to, just very very quickly. Uh, pretty big week for Canadian basketball. Uh, you know, Canada basketball has been a large part of your life uh, and your accomplishments. Um, you know, our, our team beat the Virgin Islands to clinch a, a, a spot in the FIBA America Cup next year. We're, we're driving towards the Olympics. And then we get this all-world performance from Jamal Murray. Perhaps, perhaps, I know Steve Nash probably had some great performances, but this may have been the best game ever played by a Canadian in the NBA. 50 points, best shooting percentage ever in, a, in an NBA game for anybody 50 points and more, 21 out of 25 from uh, from the field, no free throws, which I find astonishing. Uh, but uh, Leo, Jamal Murray, what a performance. Uh, Jamal's a special player. I mean, uh, you know, it's not a surprise to me. I mean, he, he had two 50-point games in the playoffs last year, so uh, last season. So, you know, he's a, he's a unique player. He's a dynamic player. Uh, he's a very focused player. Uh, a player and, and so nothing he does surprises me and I, I think we're at a great point now where you look around the NBA you have Canadians that are making uh, you know significant impacts on their teams uh, stepping beyond just uh, being role players and uh, it's great for the for the game I mean what Canada was able to do uh, you know again the, you have a lot of players making enormous sacrifices so that Canada could qualify for the World Cup, could qualify for the Olympics, because you can't do one without the other. And most of these guys will not be on an Olympic team if Canada makes it. Uh, and they all realize that, but they're all literally coming from different parts of the world. They play professionally uh, in Europe and different places, and they're all in the middle of a pandemic willing to sacrifice, come together, 
represent Canada, help Canada get where it needs to go, all the while knowing that they won't be part of the finished product. And, and you really got to tip your hat to those kids. They, uh, uh, it, it's, they're making an enormous sacrifice for the good of, uh, of the team and, and, uh, and the country on a international level. So, uh, have to be proud of those guys. Uh, Leo, can you bring us up to speed on, uh, I, I believe the Olympics are still going ahead this year in Tokyo. I don't think Canada has qualified yet. Is there not a qualification tournament still to happen? What's, what's Canada's status for the, uh, for the Olympic Games this year? Well, first of all, I, I don't know how you run an Olympics personally. I just don't know how you do it when you're assembling people from all over the world. And uh, there's so many variables. And I just know how the NBA has got to do their testing. Uh, I couldn't imagine if it's on a global scale. So I, I, I don't, I personally can't see how it's going to happen. But, uh, you're right. Canada has to, there's a wild card qualifier. Uh, and that would be held before, sometime before the Olympics. Uh, if there is to be Olympics and uh, Canada has to qualify. Uh, and they're, they're in a tough, you know, they're in a tough group. You know, Greece is there. Turkey's there. Uh, you have some, you know, good teams. So, uh, it really just depends on, uh, and this is not just for Canada, it's for everybody. It depends on who's available to play, right? Uh, you know, if, uh, it, depending on when the tournament's held, if the NBA finals are going on, if let's just say Milwaukee's in the finals, then Greece is not going to have Giannis and Tedekumpo. Uh, you know, and any Canadian players that are still playing in the playoffs are, or too exhausted after the playoffs or without a contract going into next season, uh, that's going to impact who's available and who can help and who can play. So uh, the whole world's in this situation now as everybody has NBA players. So it'll be interesting to see who Canada ultimately puts on the floor uh, for a qualifier. Uh, but uh, fortunately, their depth is such that uh, no matter what, they've got a great chance to get there. Uh, we've been talking to Leo Routens. Last, last question for Leo, and then we'll let him go. Speaking of one of the players that sacrificed, Anthony Bennett, can you make a comment why he didn't make the NBA as the first pick in the draft? Well, you know, people will criticize Anthony Bennett for not for being a, a number one pick flop. Well, Anthony Bennett did not pick himself. Uh, if I was an NBA GM, there's no way in hell I would have picked Anthony Bennett. And this isn't a being a mean or negative or nasty, or I'm just saying I would not have picked him. To me, he would be a late first round pick, high second round pick going back. That's, that's, and I've known Anthony for a long, long time. And that's not saying anything bad. That's saying where I saw him as coming into the NBA. And for an NBA team to pick him number one, uh, hey, kid's not going to say no. You're not going to say no. Someone wants to make you number one, pay you a lot of money. You're going to take it. But the reality is it was a bad, bad decision by Cleveland. Uh, it put Anthony in a very bad situation and a position that he could never live up to that. Uh, and, it, and it's something that's very difficult for a young person to get over. Uh, think about it. If you're you know, 20, 21 years old and everybody's calling you the biggest failure ever as a number one pick, how do you digest that as a 21-year-old? Uh, if you're a mature 35, 40-year-old, it'd be hard to digest something like that. So uh, he's had to he's had to deal with a lot of a lot of garbage. Uh, I'm really happy for him that he seems to be finding himself. 
whether that means he ever plays in the NBA or not, I don't know. Uh, he could still play the game at a high level. Uh, but the most important thing I'm concerned about for Anthony is that uh, he's comfortable in his own skin and he can't be held accountable for somebody else's failure uh, and making a bad decision. That that doesn't fall on him. He All he can do is be who he is. Oh, absolutely, Leo. And uh, on, on that topic, I mean, he was a big part of Canada's victory. And, he, you know, he answers the bell when Canada comes calling. Um, so he's a big part of their victory against the Virgin Islands. So we give him all the credit in the world. Leo, uh, as always, it's always a privilege talking to you. It's always a privilege catching up with you. We appreciate your basketball insights, and we appreciate your basketball uh, passion, and it's always a pleasure talking to you on a Sunday morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, always a joy, fellas. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Leo Routens. Uh, time for break. When we come back from TSN, first up, former Toronto Maple Leafs, St. Louis Blue, Carlo Koliakobo. We'll be chatting some hockey, some Leafs, some NHL, and we'll get into a Great new uh, Tuesday night of Any's doing with Johnny Amendola called Breaks After Dark. Uh, we'll talk some sports cards as well. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just thirteen ninety nine. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby or rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, also on the line with us this morning, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti. And we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the co-host of TSN's First Stop every Monday to Friday morning from 6 to 10 a.m., Carlo Koliakovo. Carlo, how are you this morning? Boys, 
It's Sunday morning, and the sun is out. So I am uh, doing very, very well. How about you guys? Great to be joining you. Yeah, well, it's always it's always great having you. It's always great having uh, your spirit with us on Sunday mornings, Carlo. You you have a passion for and uh, you have a light light spiritness to you. And we always we always have a we always have a blast. So thanks for joining us, Carlo. Anytime, we had a boys. spirited discussion earlier on in the show between Naz, uh, Louie, and I. We're all happy that the Leafs are fourteen three and two, and why shouldn't we be happy about that? Uh, um, there's minor points of criticism that's always inevitable. So uh, hopefully nobody in Leafs land uh, uh, take it, takes it the wrong way. I'm looking at a, at a potential Stanley Cup finalist here, a potential Stanley Cup winner. Uh, great start. Uh, some parts of their games are a little bit disconcerting at times. Uh, Carlo, we haven't had you on in a bit uh, since this run started. Uh, let's get your assessment. Uh, give us uh, give us an early midterm report card on the Toronto Maple Leafs season so far. Well, early midterm report card is uh, Leafs pass with flying colors. I mean, you're talking about 19 games played. You mentioned the record 14 three and true, 14 three and two, 30 points, uh, 789 point percentage, uh, tops in the league. I mean, what's there not to like about this team? Um, there is, you know, I, I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't project them to be this good. I didn't expect them to be this good. And they've definitely uh, changed the way I feel about them. And a lot of it is because you're seeing the things that you need to do for a winning team to have to be successful. You have your star players step up and be your star players. You're getting great goaltending. You're eliminating the chances against. And you're finding ways to win hockey games, even though you're not at your best. And I think we can say that over a handful of times uh, for this Maple Leafs team during their first 19 games, where there was games where you just knew they didn't have it, didn't show up, but they grinded it out, stuck with it, kept the game close, and found ways to win, capitalizing on the small chances that they that they were able to get. And on most nights, it's by their star players, in particular Austin Matthews. On some nights, it's been their, their, their role players and their depth guys. And it's been a real treat to watch. And, um, you know, to me, um, I think everything about them is great. But I'm not going to get too high, not going to get too low about this group. Because ultimately, uh, their season is going to be defined on what type of success they have in the playoffs. You could be as good as you want in the regular season, look as good. And, you know, we, it's, a, it's a blast, you know, covering this team right now because every night, there's a new story, and, and especially with Austin Matthews, but uh, this trend needs to continue in a positive way throughout the season for them to, you know, to to to, to categorize, put themselves in the category of having a successful season. Nas, Carlo, are you surprised at the play of Joel Thornton so far? I I am very surprised by the play of Joel Thornton. You talk about a 41 year old asking, uh, you know, being asked to keep up with you know two of the best players on the team in Marler, Marner and Matthews at the pace and, and um, you know, minutes they play at. And now he's not uh, presenting the same minutes that those guys do, but he hasn't looked out of place. Uh, definitely a surprise to me. Eight points in eight games. Um, sorry, nine points in, in nine games now uh, after yesterday. But, you know, I think coming into the season, even when they signed him, um, I don't think anybody expected him to come in and, and factor into the roster that the way that he has and, Maybe it was a guy that was going to settle in as their fourth line centerman. Well, here he is playing the wing on the top line of this group with arguably the two best players in the game right now with Matthews and, and Marner and has not looked out of place. And I think not only with this play on the ice, but what he's able to present off the ice as a leader, 
as a professional on the bench and in that dressing room um, has done wonders with this group. Lou? Morning, Colonel. What's up, Louie? Hey, bud. Listen, um, as well as these guys are playing right now, and I, I'm the one that's I'm jumping on board, is it as good as they're playing, or is it how bad the Canadian division is? Because I really don't see any good teams other than the Leafs in this Northern Division. You know what, Lou? I get asked that question a lot. And to be honest with you, I hate that narrative because you know this, this, this is the NHL. There's there's NHL players that play in this division, and there's good NHL teams that play in this division. And if you if you really want to break it down, uh, you know, out of the four divisions, every every division has three or four really good teams, and I believe the North Division does too. I mean, you talk about Toronto, the way they played. I think when Edmonton's a really good team, especially when you can add. Um, you know, McDavid and, and, and Dreisaitl on your group. Yes, they're questionable on defense. Yes, they're questionable on goaltending, but, you know, they're scoring a lot of goals and they're, they're, to me, they're finding ways to win. Winnipeg, to me, I think is a really, really solid team. Once they get healthy with Dubois, you look at the way their, their goaltending factors in with Hellebuck being a former Vesna Trophy winner. Um, and just their top six on, on forward can match with anybody in the league. And then, you know, Montreal, to me, Montreal, after 10 games, was the best team in the league. And now, you know, they've hit a couple of bumps in the road. I think every team will go through this uh, where they hit a lull in the season. Um, I, I really love the additions that they made. I think they're the most balanced team in this division. Maybe not playing up to that yet, but, you know, I think it'll sort itself out. And then between Calgary and Vancouver, you know, it's hit or miss with those teams right now. And I guess, you know, it's still... We're third into the season. There's so much that can change. I don't really buy into this whole narrative as they play in the, in the North Division, which is a weak division. These are all still really good teams. If anything, I think th- this division poses four of the best goaltenders in the league. You talk about Anderson, Hellebuck, Carey Price, and Jacob Markstrom. Um, some of the best offensive talent in the league. I think eight of, eight of the top ten scorers in the league come out of the North Division. If anything, this division probably gets that label because the defense in this division isn't that good. Um, which, again, it's nobody's fault. It's just the way that it is. But if you look at every other division, there's three or four really good teams, and then there's there's those other teams that are just fighting. So, you know, yeah, is, is it weaker than their normal Atlantic division that would have Tampa Bay, Boston, you know, Florida, who's a top team in the league right now, and Montreal? Probably. But... This, these are the cards that they're dealt, and they're they're finding ways to win hockey games, which ultimately is what you need to do during a season, anyways. Uh, we're talking to Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, I would respectfully disagree on some of that, Carlo, but I'm thrilled that the Leafs are 14, three and two. Um, I, I have a, I have a, I have this sense that makes me feel uneasy that maybe they're not playing the big boys uh, in the NHL today, but we can have that debate another time. I agree oh. with you. I agree with you. You deal with the cards that you're, you deal with the cards that you're dealt. They are playing some good teams in the North division, perhaps not some of the best teams in the NHL, but they're doing what they have to do. So mm-hmm. all kudos to them. Uh, we're thrilled to have hockey. This is the way we're going to exactly. have hockey. And, you know, we, we deal with it and we, you know, when we, uh, we give pats on the back when they're, when they're, uh, when they're, uh, deserved and, and why not? We've got a team that's 14, three and two. I see some things in some of these games that sometimes at times I find disconcerting, Carl, uh, in this sense that if the Leafs are going to go to the promised land, they've got to get some of this stuff out of their game. 
Uh, a lot of stupid little passes in their back end into the middle of the ice. Uh, last night, um, they managed to win the game, and I thought they didn't necessarily outplay the Canadians. They won on uh. skill. Breakaways that came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, Montreal almost had three or four last night. I'm looking at him saying, what's the Toronto defense looking at? I mean, these guys are falling behind. Little things like that I find disconcerting. And then we've got the issue of the second line. Um, this week, uh, this week, Nylander and Steve Simmons got into it. Um, uh, I thought, I thought Steve Simmons overall thrust of his article was correct. I thought the reference to IKEA perhaps was a little unfortunate in yeah. the circumstances. I think he got to a level that was a little bit more personal than he should have. Uh, but, Nylander's game can be rightly criticized at times. You know, we're fans. We like to see the Leafs win, but I don't see anything wrong with criticizing his game. You always get a sense from Nylander you're not getting. And last night, correct me if I'm wrong, Carlo, I didn't notice it when I was watching it, but was he not benched the last eight and a half minutes of the game? Yeah, apparently those were the reports that came out after the game about, uh, you know, him not playing. I know Sheldon Keith touched on it afterwards, saying that there was elements of his game that didn't meet uh you know where some of the other players were or how some of the other players were playing and didn't felt then felt like it wasn't um his right to be playing so which is understandable and i think justifiable i think he's trying to send a message to his group because like you had just mentioned there are some things that are concerning when you're trying to put together a full 60 minutes and trying to get your team to buy into playing a certain way you know, in a, in a close game, in, in a game where you're trailing, in a game where you're protecting a lead. And obviously, you know, after Monday's game, those came to the forefront, up 5-1 against, you know, the worst team in your division, and you lose 6-5. And Charlie Keith touched on that as well, saying that, you know, as much as it was 5-1, it didn't feel like it was 5-1 because he thought that there was elements of their game uh, that just, you know, weren't good enough. And ultimately that came up to bite him, but but those are great learning experiences. And to me, I, I didn't really overreact the same way Leaf Nation did after after Monday's game because I was waiting for the response. And that's ultimately how you sort of analyze or at least um, prioritize, I wouldn't say prioritize, get, give your own opinion on, on, the, on you know, where this, the problem is with this team is you're going to have those situations in a, in, in, in a season in years past, when this team has felt with, dealt with that type of adversity, they haven't really responded in the most positive way. If anything, it's been um, you know somewhat concerning. Well, they responded in the right way. You look at the whole week; they got seven out of eight points. I think that's 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 you know, anybody good. would take that. It's not bad. It's, it's, yeah. it's actually really good. Yeah. And that's where I that's where I like to compliment the growth and maturity of this group is that they understand the mistakes that they've made. And they make the adjustments to make them. I think having guys like Thornton, uh, Simmons, uh, Jason Bezabak, or even a guy like Zach Bogosian, who they brought in, winning a Stanley Cup, the presence of those guys around has allowed Matthews and Marner to mature a little bit more and understand, you know, it takes more than just being a hockey player. You need to be a pro about it. And for Nylander, I mean, listen, uh, it's been years of constructive criticism with this guy and his play and how you know, it's, it's so inconsistent, and when he's on his game, um, you know it's 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 a it's a pleasure to watch. But when he's not on his game, it it deserves the criticism that 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 it brings because it's just not good enough for what this team expects to get out of him at a nightly basis. And you touched about the the second line, 
and you know the the product the lack of production that they've been bringing he's a big part of that and he has to understand you know playing with a guy like John Tavares and being you know a guy that's required to be on a second line to produce at the rate that they're expecting them to produce at needs to needs to be a there needs to be a lot more urgency to his game and I don't know how they change that I I I think the Simmons article was was pretty harsh too but you know, when you talk about the headline and the cover and everything it represented, you know, it was a little bit harsh considering the circumstance. But really, when you when you digest it and you, and you break it down, you know, what what was trying to be explained in that was you know was the right thing to say about Elander. Yeah. He's a guy that you know shows all the flashes but doesn't really bring it every night. So hopefully, after last night's lesson of of benching, there, there's a there's a chat that happens between him and the coach and maybe him and the leaders. And he finds a way to, to bring more to this team because clearly the inconsistency that he's bringing is not acceptable, especially when yeah. you're seeing guys like Marner and Matthews bring it every night. Carlo, we got uh, we got to move on from that topic. We've got uh, we got a gentleman on the phone that purports to be a friend of yours. He's getting restless. <laughs> uh, he, he's getting restless. Listen to having to listen to this. He's of course the impresario of Minting Inc. Uh, he's taking advantage of the uh, sports card. Boom! That insanity that's going on in yeah. the sports cart world these days. And I understand you've got a little project going on with our good friend Johnny Amendola. Johnny, are you with us? I am. I'm lying here. I just got to take my sleep mask off and get ready for you guys, <laughs> dude. It was a late night for you, man. Were you ripping? Uh, we were hands? pulling Willie Nylander rookies till three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Talked Johnny. I got to ask you. Uh, we we got about ten minutes left on the show. We don't we don't want to run out of time without getting in with our listeners. Tell us about this project you you and Carlo are doing. Uh, Tuesday nights. It's uh, it's called the year into breaks after dark. It's a social uh, media sensation. Uh, are, I know. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us. Uh, tell us all about it, Johnny. What what are you and Carlo up to on Tuesday nights? So you, you've been on your show a couple times before, and we've talked about the cards and how much fun we have, and you know the investment side of things and the collecting side of things. But what we've really done now is we're we're really taking the entertainment game to the next level. So. Carlos joining us on Tuesdays. Um, we've been doing it very successfully for over a month now. And basically, we come on and we rip um, hockey cards. Uh, the odd time we'll sneak in some football for the for the Bills guy here. And uh, <laughs> we have a great time. We we have um, you know generally we have uh, over a hundred people watching with us. Um, over a thousand people will tune in, and it's great. The, the, the audience has a time to interact with Carlo, ask a lot of questions. We learn a lot about players that we don't necessarily know about, and uh, we learn a lot about Carlo's career. Uh, you know, he played with with five teams, so lots of great stories. Um, and uh, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. And now we're uh, we're going to level it up. We're going to start a lot more giveaways and contests, but. It's great. I mean, Carlo does a really good job every day on the radio. So, you know, being a former former pro and then having like sort of the whole analyst side of things, um, he's definitely brought a, a great edge to the show. That's for sure. And, and I and I just want to chime in here. And I'm I'm so thankful. Me and Johnny, you know, got to meet each other just before Christmas and introduced me to the hobby, something that I had no idea about. I mean, I was a guy that collected cars my 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 whole career growing up and never really. I recognize the importance of it until now and the boom that it's creating, uh, you know, in the hobby world. I, I've been absolutely amazed by it, you know, learning the industry from, from Johnny, learning, 
you know, the, the hobby from Johnny and now just watching it continue to just, you know, blast off. I, I've, I've been amazed by it. I've had so much fun learning about it and I, and I'm gonna, and I'm so excited to learn way more about it and be, you know, be more involved in it moving forward because it literally, it's, it's, it's something to me that has become contagious. That's all I keep reading and seeing is, you know, how these cards and how these collectors are just, you know, taking off with the industry. And I, I've been blown away just even, you know, the, the way that, you know, the, the importance of rookies, vintage cards, you know, the whole show that we put together of the excitement of ripping new cards and, you know, the hit. like, 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 the, the, you know, getting some hits out of the packs and stuff like that and knowing the, the value and the worth of all those. It's, it's more, it's like Johnny said, it's more of the entertainment factor where you just, you're, you're going in with the unknown hoping that you're going to hit the jackpot. And it's been, it's been unbelievable. And I look forward to, um, seeing this, 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 this hobby and this, uh, generation continue to take off. Uh, before I turn it over to Nez, uh, on this point, John, really, really quickly, if our listeners want, and like, I, 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 I agree that the, the, dinette, the interplay between you and Carlo, uh, is, is incredible. It makes it entertaining. It's a lot of fun to, wa- to listen to and to and watch. We're doing this virtually. Wait till we get, uh, get in person doing this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Johnny, if our listeners want to tune you guys in on Tuesday nights, how do they do it? So, um, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, they can find us, um, on social media, all platforms. We stream live on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You literally just got to type in Mint Inc. M-I-N-T-I-N-K. I heard our commercials running earlier. Thank you for that. Um, and you'll find us. You can also call us if, uh, you know, you want to talk about the cards you have in the basement, you want to get in the hobby. Um, there's so, so much fun. And we, we make it fun. Like Carlos said, this Tuesday, um, we've got an, you guys are talking about how awesome the Leafs are and, We've got uh, another um, another case of Austin Matthews wax in. So what that what that means for for the newbies is we're going to open packs from 2016, 17, and and try to hit that Austin Matthews rookie, which is you know worth a few thousand dollars. And uh, along the way, we're going to hit some Nylanders and some Wayne Simmons, and um, <laughs> we're also going to we're going to have some fun this week. Every time uh, another one of your sponsors, uh, Walt, uh, Naz and Wally, there. Every time we pull a Crosby card, somebody uh, watching the show to celebrate his 1,000th game. Somebody watching the show is going to get a free Pizzaville gift card. And, Carlo, I just came up with this in the middle of the night in between sleep masks and earplugs. If we hit, um, if we finally hit the Austin Matthews um, rookie, we'll give $100 break credit away to somebody. So we'll give nice. away Love for it. somebody to come oh, back. We're pulling it. We're pulling it on Tuesday. We're pulling it. Let's go. That's the motto. Anyways, I, we got about five minutes left. I want to I want to give Naz and Lou an opportunity to uh, participate uh, on this topic. Naz, go ahead. John, what causes a card to go up or down? So, so quick answer, um, you know, supply and demand, but, but the reality is, you know, I guess just with, with respect to that same comment, um, scarcity, rarity, and then of course the, the way the player plays. So, so modern players, it's literally like the stock market, fantasy sports, you could literally trade week to week. So a guy like Jamal Murray, you know, his stock is on the rise this week. Um, a guy like Willie Nylander, his stock would be on the way back down. Um, the vintage stuff, which is sort of pre-1980 and back, you get into the early 80s, some of the goats there. The market is tenfold in the last three months. Since we spoke in December, I was on both your shows respectively speaking about Wayne Gretzky at the beginning of December. At one point, 
2 million US, 1.6 million Canadian. Today, that same card would be 2.5 million. Holy crap. That's my opinion, based on just the market. Michael Jordan, well, John, real quick, John. guys, I know you're a stat. One second, Lou. Michael Jordan, last week of December, 250 for a PSA 10. Michael Jordan, golden auctions two weeks ago. Two of them sold for 750000 Hey, Johnny, Johnny, I, I want to give an opportunity to uh, Lou. We only got a couple of minutes left. We could, okay, we, could yeah. have, we could have a blast on this. I just want to know, have, have I got a Lou Franceschetti, I think, 1987 Pro Set, and... Uh, has has his have his cards gone up in value or Carlos by any chance? I think that you know the, with players like these guys, um, uh, the reality is there is a lot of hometown uh, hockey fans that would love. So Lou, when when we can, maybe we'll get you on there and we'll pull some. I think your rookie year, if I'm not mistaken, it's 82, 83, something around there. As long as you're not in a box with a guy named uh, you know Lemieux, Gretzky, or Eiserman, I think we can afford to buy the box. <laughs> But we actually, Lou, Wally, one of the best thank, things thank we ever had was we pulled that, Carlos' uh, rookie out of a pack of cards. It was amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Uh, my rookie card was 1989, the first year I played with the Leafs. I was in the league for eight years before I actually got a card. Okay, so that, that's <laughs> affordable. <laughs> okay, Lou, we can afford an 89 box. Now we're talking. <laughs> Johnny, I want to ask you something. Where is Crosby's card going to stand uh, from hearing he played his 1,000th game last night and He's being rated as one of the top five players to ever play the game, where I rank him in the top ten. Where would his card stand uh, now? So, Lou, he's, he's on the rise. Um, one of his we, – we actually sold, I can tell you from experience, um, his, his sort of – one of his sort of main rookie cards is called the Future Watch. It's from Upper Deck 2005-06. They only made a 1,000 of them, um, and it's a, a beautiful-looking card with a signature on it. And uh, I think we sold that card for around ten or eleven thousand two months ago, and I think it's up to around fifteen today. So he's seen already a thirty percent lift just with the with the way the market's gone. But he he's going to go down as one of the greatest ever, and he and he still um, he played hockey at a time where the hobby wasn't explosive. So there's a lot there's a lot less supply, um, let's say, of a Crosby than there is of a McDavid. And his card, Lou, it's already in the thousands. Uh, and some of his variants already in the tens of thousands, and it's only going up. The guy's already – it's like Mike Trout. You got best player that the game has seen in 20 years living their prime still. Yeah, it's certainly remarkable. Last night uh, on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, there was a little bit of debate because it was Crosby's thousandth game, and all his teammates all drove up uh, – <laughs> they all put on number 87 Pittsburgh jerseys. And that was awesome. That was awesome. And tying, the skate, that, tying the skate in the warm-up? I thought yeah. that was pretty cool, too. <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. I was Unfortunately, we all, we're down to the last minute of the show, guys. I wanted to get into a, not a debate, but an assessment of where we think Sidney Crosby fits. And, you know, uh, the, the guy in Hockey Night in Canada last night, Stuart, had him in the top three in the history of the game. Um, that's a tough one. Most people are trying to get him into the top five. Mm. Uh, uh, really, really quickly, Carlo, I will ask you, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go around the table here. Uh, no discussion, really, really quickly. Where does Sidney Crosby fit in in the top uh, top players of all time? I think definitely in the top ten for sure. Um, okay. I haven't really done my homework on you know who else would be in the top five, but when you're talking about great players like this and compare them into generations, it's really, really difficult because the game has changed so much. I think if you're just looking at the – Carlo, uh, Carlo, unfortunately, my producer is buzzing in my ear. We're already 20 seconds over time. I'm sure you know what live radio is like. I'm going to make this really quick. Naz, thank you. Carlo, thank you. Lou, thank you. Johnny, thank you. To all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. We'll be back again. 
next Sunday morning. Thanks, guys. Thanks, boys. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.